Well, good morning, everybody. It is good to be here with you. We have a curveball this morning. They weren't supposed to come up until later, but they're here now. So, <laughs> uh, my name is Cole. I'm on staff here at the church. I want to welcome you if this is your first time with us. Thanks for being here with us. Apologize for my voice this morning. I'm getting over a little bit of a cold, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, today, we're going to begin to address a theme that we're going to build upon next week as well, and that theme is posture. Posture as people who live practicing the way of Jesus. And uh, if my wife was here, it doesn't look like she's in her normal seat, but she'd be laughing at me right now because I am the, I'm well on my way to back problems by the age of 40 based off my posture. And uh, so I am no, no way uh, qualified to talk about that. But uh, it's less about my rounded shoulders and more about how we carry ourselves as people of faith or the attitude by which we uh, live our lives. And so this morning, we're going to be focusing on one aspect of that, and that aspect is the missional aspect of our posture. That uh, to be missional as people of faith is uh, about adopting a way in which we see ourselves as uh, missionaries in our everyday lives, as we live in the footsteps of Jesus and we seek to make him known to others. And uh, it means it's not enough to just say that we know Jesus. We also have to uh, have a heart for others like Jesus has, and we have to have a life that matches with Jesus's. And so the reason why this is so important, the reason why we must have a heart for others is because when you look at the life of Jesus, his actions show it all along the way. A woman who's dealing with a bleeding issue walks up and touches Jesus on the on the Jesus's robe, and he spins around because he was startled by it. And after he sees the woman, he says, "Go, your faith has made you well." He shows up uh, on the scenes, and a man possessed by demons runs out of the tombs and comes running up to Jesus. And Jesus doesn't jump in the boat and go to the other side of town. Jesus stops and finds this man in his moment of crisis and heals him. There's also countless other stories where Jesus shows up. The rich young ruler who has uh, all the head knowledge about what it means to be a follower of God and no heart for the people. And so Jesus needs to tell him that his next step in his life is going to be really difficult because he has to sell all of his possessions and give them to the poor. But before he does that, Scripture says he looked on him and he loved him. And the disciples gather together on the night of Jesus' death, and, or night of his arrest, really. And Jesus still takes time to break bread with the one who's going to betray him. And so Jesus is uh, always keeping people at the highest priority in his ministry and in his time here on earth. And uh, Paul says in his letters that we're supposed to have that same mind, the same mind as Christ, so that we can help accept other people, be willing to lead them to Jesus, where they can be uh, transformed in their lives. And in Romans 15, uh, 5 through 7, Paul says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind, or as we're talking about posture, towards each other, 
that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you might glorify God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. And he goes on later in the book of Philippians, chapter 2, to share another similar sentiment. He says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort in his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And so, as we look at what it means to be mission, missional-minded or the missional aspect of our posture as people of faith, we must do a few things in order to follow in Christ's footsteps. And the first, I think, is that we must accept others as flawed human beings as we introduce them to the Jesus who can transform their lives. So many of us have uh, started this journey 30, 40, 10, 12 years ago, and we meet somebody along the way, and we just think that they should step into this journey where we're at. And that's not the case. It wasn't that way for you, and it's not going to be this way for other people. And not only that, but we've gone from a a communal society to then an individualistic society. And now people are saying it's more like an isolated society. The Surgeon General says the biggest public health issue of our day is loneliness. And so the beauty of being a missional-minded people and a missional-minded church is that we have the ability to be the medicine that can bring healing to an isolated place. That if we can accept people and bring them in and show them Jesus like it was done for us, that they have the ability to have their hearts transformed and healed. And that means that we're also going to have to take on the struggles of others as our own. The old cliche was, uh, God helps those who help themselves, but God is in the business of helping the helpless. Uh, He did that for us. And when Jesus is here on earth, he's not only, uh, he's not spending his time with the richest of the rich, he's spending his time with the poorest of the poor. And so we have to be willing to step into these situations that people find themselves in and to help them in their times of need. Earlier in that passage in Romans 15, starting in verse 1, here's what Paul has to say. He says, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak. And here's the most important part, not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. And so we have to be willing to take on the plight of other people, not for our personal gain, not because it looks better on our resume, not because it's a great story that we get to tell one day, but because we get to serve other people and help them to find themselves in a better situation. And lastly, I think we just need to want the good for others. And I know that sounds very basic, but it's one of those things we have to be very careful of in this time. If you've heard a sermon from me, you've heard me say this. News stations will tell you how to do it. Uh, Politicians have an idea of who needs help and who doesn't based off of who they know is going to vote for them. Businesses will try to sell you a product that will solve the issue. But Christ is unvarnished. 
Christ has found a way to speak into the lives of so many and because he's willing to meet them on their terms and then speak life into the situations that they find themselves in. So being mission-minded is not limited to thinking about being a missionary or how we can serve people uh, outside of the United States. It's our posture towards others. That if other people matter, then of course we're going to do what we can to serve in our local area. And of course our students, you guys still awake? All right, good. Of course our students, <laughs> of course our students are going to jump at the opportunity to go to Columbia. And um, of course when we put out a need, because there's flooding in Reading, our church is going to respond. And so today, we have the joy of hearing some of this in our own community. Our students from Columbia, who, or who went to Columbia, uh, as they were preparing for this trip, they were uh, using this passage in Romans. And I know I kind of ran through it quick because we have an interview to do. Uh, but I encourage you to write that down, Romans 15, and go back and read through it because it's been the thing that has been grounding them, and it should be the thing that grounds us as people of faith as well. And so we're going to get, uh, we're going to move here to the interview. So while I get ready, Daniel, can you just give an overview? You and Laura led this trip. Can you just give an overview of uh, what happened on the trip? Yeah, so in, um, was June 13 of like a couple weeks ago, a month ago, um, at 2 a.m. in the morning, Laura and I and 10 students embarked on this journey to Colombia. Only six came back. I'm sorry, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we have six today, four couldn't make it. But I thought about doing the joke, but I'm sorry. No, so. <laughs> that was a good one. Okay, so. Um, no, that was bad. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so we, a um, couple weeks before the trip, we met together as a group, and we start um, studying some of the scriptures about missions, about not having these big expectations about what mission is about. Because sometimes we think, oh, feeding the homeless or fixing a house is a mission. But mission goes beyond that. And I was looking at the dictionary uh, just curiosity, what is the definition of mission? And in the dictionary said, as important assignment. That's the definition of mission for the secular world. Whatever. Like important assignment. Doesn't mean only feed the homeless, only travel to do missions. Sometimes listening to people, like talking with people, um, is it, as important as any other big job. So we embarked this uh, trip to Colombia. We were there for a week. Our trip got, when we, when we traveled back, our trip got delayed a whole day. So we spent a day in Miami. At the airport, though, it wasn't fun. <laughs> it wasn't fun. Um, chicken strips and, yeah, we, we were at the airport. So um, but when we were in Colombia, we were working together with uh, pastors, Pastor Gil's son and daughter-in-law, Jonathan and Amanda, who they are going to be here on August 6th, so they're going to visit us on August 6th, and it's Laura's brother and daughter-in-law. So that was very helpful to have a contact person traveling to another country, having a contact person there. So they took care of all the logistics, the foundations that we were going to help, and also like the food and all the transportation. So pretty much that's the overall of the trip. It was a very safe trip. We had, I mean, I have fun. I don't know about them, but I have fun. They will tell you about more or what they did uh, during the trip. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and Laura, you were also there on the trip, and so you, as you observed our students, what are some of the things that stood out to you? I'm, uh, yes. It was amazing, hands down. Really, really awesome. Now, Marcella's going to touch on this, so I'm not going to go into detail so that you can really talk about it. But uh, Thursday morning, um, one of the Thursday mornings, we only spent one, never mind. Um, we went, <laughs> our students, all of these students up here had to get up early. Like, I'm not talking like 7 a.m. early, I'm talking 4 a.m. early, um, to go into a foundation to go then into the streets and pray for the homeless. And what humbled me as an adult watching these students um, was how, how just willing they were to grab the bread and the hot chocolate and immediately lay hands on someone, a stranger, someone who can't afford really their next breath. And they're just willing to lay hands and start praying right away. They, they just got direction. They grabbed a translator because no one speaks Spanish except Daniel. And they grabbed a translator and, and took off. And to me, that was the most exciting and humbling, in, in my opinion, um, one of the there were a lot uh, of the trip. It was amazing. Excellent. Uh, so we're going to hear from the students, but first, can we start in the back row and just go say your name, your grade, I guess what school you're in, that sort of thing, so everybody can know who you are. I'm Aaron. I'm going into my senior year at Boyertown High School. Uh, I'm Aiden. I'm going into my senior year at Boyertown High School. I'm Rafe, and I'm going into my senior year at Boyertown High School. I'm Fiona, and I'm going into my senior year at Perkyoma Valley High School. I'm Marcella, and I'm going into my junior year at Springford High School. I'm Jessica. I'm going to my senior year at Westmont Christian Academy. Awesome. And Jessica, keep the mic, because this one's for you. What was the most impactful moment you had on your trip? Um, I'd say something that was really, like, impactful was seeing um, one of the days we, like, went out and painted houses for people, and we got to see how these people live, like, a completely different life than us, and their houses were really small, like, compared to what we're used to, and they're lucky if they have a bed in their house, and we have beds in, like, every room, and they, some of them didn't, have, like, if they had a TV, they were, like, rich, and so... It was crazy to see things that we take for granted every day that we don't even think about, like getting into bed. We just do it. But they, four or five of them would share a bed, would share this tiny house. And it just really, like, hits you hard when you see it. And it's not something you're used to. It's crazy, honestly. Yeah, and I definitely think what Laura was saying about feeding the homeless, like, it really... Like Jess was saying, it really allows you to be grateful for what you have and the life that we were able to live because these people were just so happy that we would give them just five minutes of our day to go and make them smile or make them, let them know that God is with them and that he's helping them even if they don't see it or they don't feel it. They were so thankful that we were there and just being able to feed them and help them in the smallest way possible. And I know that was a very impactful moment because I remember Daniel calling me crying, going, these kids are feeding the homeless, and they're praying for people, and it's incredible, and I'm not coming home. <laughs> I was crying with you. <laughs> so, so I just want to put on this. So 
the circumstances that the homeless live in Colombia is way different than here. I mean, we were walking in a very, like we, you guys, you know where we were walking on their waist. We legit were, they were sleeping on the floor on their waist. And these kids went on the floor and laid hands on them, didn't care about the smell, didn't care about the look, didn't care about if they were sick. They were on fire. After, the first one was scary because they never done it before. But after the first one, they were fighting. Give me more bread. And they were, they, we, got, we lost some of them. It's like, where they are? Two blocks away. They didn't know Spanish, but they were just wanted to help. The presence of God that was with them. And, and we should be very proud about this group. Yeah. And so, like you said, there's, there's so many differences. Jess, you alluded to it a little bit in that, the homes and things like that. But as you were in Colombia experiencing these things, what were some of the different cultural differences that you noticed or were paying attention to as you were uh, on your trip? Uh, I would just have to reference the kindness. It was just simply incredible how kind and happy everybody was, even regardless of their situation. And it seems... As we go closer and closer to the city in the United States, people get meaner and meaner, but we were in the heart of one of the most populated cities in Colombia, and everybody was so happy and so kind despite being in horrific situations. Yeah, like going off of what uh, you said, Aaron, it's just like everywhere you walk, they all have like a smile on their face, regardless of where they are or what, they do, or what they're doing. And it's, it's just so awesome to see like, you know, there's always, there's always happiness in everything you do. There's always joy. Um, and, like, it's just awesome that they kind of have that. Like, and it's, it's just different here. It's, like, a lot warmer there, you know, that kind of stuff. And I mean that in, like, emotion-wise and, like, climate-wise, too. Like, <laughs> they all have, like, warm smiles on their face. But it, it's just awesome. Like, and walking around there, it, it was great. I mean, they have ponchos there. Like, that's sweet. Um, yeah, it was sweet. Um, and it was just so... Co- yeah. He hasn't taken it off since. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was pretty sweet going up there and just, like, getting to experience the way that everybody lived and just how awesome it was. It was truly just so awesome, and I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And so each day looked a little different for everybody. Uh, some days they were out, like you said, feeding the homeless, but most of the time you spent with founda- certain foundations. So what are some of the things you guys did while you were with each of these foundations uh, throughout the week? Um, so the first day we, like, deep cleaned one of the foundations, um, swept and mopped, cleaned the windows and stuff. We also went out and gave food and hot chocolate and prayed for prayed for the homeless. Um, uh, we also painted some of the houses there, too. Um, just did a re- redo of everything. Um, so we also did English lessons. So half of us went, did English West lessons with adults, and then another group of us went, and <laughs> we went with the kids into the community and wore superhero capes and handed out candy to the community. And I did that with the group, and I thought it was so fun. It was <laughs> truly an experience. Um, and then we also did uh, another foundation. We did, like, babysitting, like, one-hour sessions. And so uh, 
parents got to drop off their kids for like an hour, go do or go to like Laura and Daniel and do something. Um, and then like come back, pick up their kids. And then another day, uh, what was it last day? Oh, we also did painting houses, which he talked about. Now that we're talking about, sorry, this is your interview. I'm taking the microphone. Um, so one of the days, <laughs> Laura and I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So Laura and I, they told us, okay, you take care of the moms. So I thought we were just going to play some games or something. They say, no, 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 you have to preach to them. You have to give them a sermon for like an hour and entertain them for like an hour. I look at Laura, ah, and you have one minute because the class is about to start. I look at Laura, and I'm like, what are we going to do? <laughs> And, you know, the Lord, the Lord provides exactly on the moment you need it. Not before nor after. So I pull up my phone and suddenly some of the scriptures that I always like take screenshots or some like make notes. And then I start talking to them and start talking about the woman in the well, about relationship with Jesus, about the relationship with my mother and how important it was. And, and then Laura also shared her testimony about her, her, her surgeries, her leg, her diabetes. And then, before we knew it, they start praying for Laura and us, like, but mostly for Laura. They all lay hands on Laura. And it was all adults. There was no kid in the room. But suddenly, I look down, and there is this little boy laying hands on Laura's leg. We were there to minister them, and we got ministered. This is people who doesn't have food for the afternoon or the next day. But something that they do have is God in their hearts. Amen. God gives them the strength and, 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 the, and, the, and the hope to continue, especially uh, um, helping their kids. But yeah, Laura and I, especially Laura, when they hear Laura's testimony, they like, forget about us. We start praying for you. <laughs> He's like, what are we complaining about? 15 surgeries? What? So this is people who value what they have and what is really important. Is it a TV? Is it a bed? Is it a food? So it makes us think about how God works in wonderful ways. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And is there, as you were there, some of the other students, were, was there anything in particular you felt like God was telling you on this trip or God spoke to you in any certain ways? Uh, well, I feel like it was just an incredibly nerve-wracking experience, and we were all scared when we were going there. But I think we can, I can speak for everybody when I say God was just telling us to be at rest and be at ease with our own protection. He, it felt like he really took that over and just said, don't worry about this. You're here to serve others. Put all of your focus into that and not worry about yourselves. And I thought that was incredible. And it, just to see it firsthand when we all got, when we all got that out there to pray and feed for the homeless like it it was scary it was intimidating and there was worry about sickness and they offered us masks and I just felt God say don't worry about it I got that covered you you don't got to worry about getting sick yeah um when we first got there it was kind of like they were like what what is God saying to you like what's he speaking to you about and I just kind of sat there and um like the first word that popped in my mind was just go just go. I don't care what you do, what you do. Go, go show. Just go. If you put a smile on somebody's face, 
you make that day, you make their day a little bit better, and that's a good day in my book. Just go. Go and do whatever it is that I have you do. But just don't be afraid. Just go. Yeah, and as we were talking about uh, the, Roman, the passage in Romans and you guys prepared for the trip, putting others' needs before your own is a big piece of going on any missions trip, but specifically in these uh, kind of moments. Can you give an example of where you maybe had your own needs, but you had to set them aside for the moment uh, so that you could serve the, other, the, the people you were with? Um, well, one of the days, as Laura briefly mentioned, we had to wake up at 4 a.m., and um, nobody wants to wake up that early. <laughs> um, but we all woke up, we all got ready, and we went out and um, prayed for these people, and we fed these people. And it was hard in the moment waking up. I mean, we were, it was halfway through the week. We were grumpy. We were tired. We were sick of each other. But... <laughs> We did it, and once we went out there, it didn't matter that we were awake at 4 a.m. We didn't feel any of that. We just felt the Lord speaking through us, and we were there. But we put our own needs aside, and we let the Lord lead us to where we had to be. So as I was thinking about this question, um, there was just, like, a lot. Everything you do on a missions trip is putting your needs aside and helping the people that you're there to help. Like, that's the whole idea of a missions trip, is going and helping people. So I think just signing up for the missions trip and knowing that we're going to a different country where we don't know the language that they're speaking and anything really about it and being scared and vulnerable is just putting our needs aside and knowing this is what God wants me to do. This is what God's leading me to do and let me put my needs aside, my worries aside, and really just go and help these people and just serve them and make their day better and just help them in any way that we can. Uh, last question. Is there any ways that you feel you're going to be living differently after this trip? Um, I definitely think that when I speak for all of us, that we can appreciate everything that we're given on every daily lives because you really don't realize how much you have until you go to this place and realize how little everybody else has. I also think that through all the service we did, it really uh, opened our eyes to find ways that people need help, and it allows us to gain the confidence and let God know that we're worthy enough to go out and serve people because I think in the beginning, like Aaron was saying, it was scary, it was intimidating, but now we feel a lot more comfortable with ourselves to go out and be the one to step up and help people with whatever they're struggling with. Um, and yeah, like keeping that confidence and mindset to keep going out in the community, even here, and uh, serving and spreading the love of God and helping people that we can. Can you guys give them a round of applause? Thank you so much. <laughs>